Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I experienced being denigrated by a few rude colleagues due to my gender and cultural background. I was exposed to abusive behaviors. To draw a picture, I was shouted at over the phone and so on and so forth. But despite this, I chose not to file a formal complaint. I chose not to retaliate. I was in a new organization, in a new industry. Of course, it was not an excuse, but I had to be resilient. I came up with ways allowing for better rapport. The moral of the story is that unconventional measures to address a difficult HR problem in the workplace can actually work. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Sasha. I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have a special guest, the winner of our Risk Management Professional of the Year Award, um, which was announced at the GRC conference last month, Gina Conde. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Kwame. So we're going to jump right into it um, because this is about your professional journey and some of the thoughts you've had on the profession and, and so on. Uh, so let's start at the very beginning. Tell me a little bit about your current role and your journey there. All right. So uh, thank you, Kwame. Uh, I currently work as a recent compliance manager for Mount St. Michael's College, which is an exclusive secondary school for girls in Brisbane, operating under the stewardship of the trustees of Mary Aiken Head Ministries. It is actually a new role created in 2020. My role is pivotal to improving and overseeing the management of risks and compliance across the college. I work closely with all levels of management, the college leadership team, the board, committees. I'm actually a member of a couple of management committees as well. I engage with third parties and occasionally liaise with the regulators, for example, Queensland Health. I engage with them to validate information that supports our risk assessment for events and activities. When I started here, the college enterprise risk management was more than reactive. Critical controls and minor documentation were in place. I conducted a survey to assess and evaluate the current and desired level of risk management. The question in my mind was, were the stakeholders prepared for change management? And if they were, what changes were they prepared for? During the survey, middle leaders learned more about how risk management looks like at different levels of maturity. What were the indicators or characteristics at each level? So from basic, reactive, proactive to embedded. Their awareness of this information was essential to building their ownership of their journey to change. The survey came back with a resounding response. They wanted the college risk management system to level up and become embedded. So in the first quarter of my employment here, the college streamlined the corporate risk register that I facilitated and supported. I developed the risk management framework and then collaborated with the board of directors in establishing the risk appetite statement. I couldn't overemphasize the importance of the tone at the top. At MSM, uh, that's Mount St. Michael's College, the tone at the top is a key element to achieving success when implementing strategies, processes, and controls. 
the board has always been proactive and collaborative in risk management. They are truly focused and committed to achieving the college mission and strategic goals through risk management. I am fortunate to be in this organization because the leadership team, the past and present, have been very supportive. In particular, the CEO promotes my project to all staff. I would say that her involvement was, has been very inspirational. Uh, she's very hands-on in promoting a culture change, and it is a good thing to have to ensure smooth transition. That leadership is echoed at the board level. Timely updates and disclosure of ongoing project risk management projects and advocacies is provided to the secretary of the board. This enables the board to make required informed decisions. That's about it, Kwame. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. And, and of course, that it's really good. You know, it shows that you've brought a breadth of experience to the college and sort of assessing where they were at and what they wanted to do. And then, of course, having that buy-in from the management and the board. That's that's really great. But of course, you didn't just magically learn this. Obviously, you've had breadth of experience from other places that you've worked in the past. And just having a look at your LinkedIn profile, I could see you have this great breadth of experience. So I guess a bit of questions about what are the key lessons that you've learned and have carried along with you the professional journey? And you've already hinted a few of those. Well, you're right. You're right, Kwame. I have worked in different areas of operations and assumed different roles over many years. I have worked as an accountant, product controller, internal auditor, project manager, consultant, risk manager, and so on and so forth. So my two cents. When a person applies for a job, mustn't an applicant carry or demonstrate basic or even an understanding of the industry and, of course, the organization? From experience, um, it has always been a question asked during my many interviews. In my opinion, it is prudent and responsible for a professional to expand and retain relevant and contemporary knowledge of the relevant industry landscape and practices, and most importantly, the organization's expectation from you in terms of the company's mission, goals, and especially the objectives. It is not simply a role description of the function, but more importantly, about finding your role's value-added contribution to the ecology of the organization. As a professional, you need to decipher the organizational structure, products or services, and internal synergies between areas, and most importantly, know the key players. Find out your professional services, value add to them. Be a partner. These components are extremely important because peers and colleagues will rely on your professional advice and competence on the subject matters pertaining to your role. Nonetheless, I observe that the more people depend or place reliance on my opinion or advice, for example, the more that I need to keep learning about contemporary or modern practices and honing my skills about the internal and more importantly, the external paradigms so that I can sustain my integrity and uphold my reputation. As a professional, we need to enhance our capabilities and 
increase our capacity to develop resilience in adapting to uh, dynamic internal and external imperatives. That's first. On a personal level, it is important to set realizable goals and establish markers or benchmarks to monitor how things are progressing. I call these benchmarks personal performance checkpoints or gates. It is like a personal scorecard. I monitor my performance against my goals. I remain vigilant to various prospects. It is quite to, uh, it's quite hard to stay on track because of work. Sometimes work becomes so busy, but it is doable. Make an honest assessment of your own performance and make an honest assessment of the relevance of your role in your current environment, whether it's internal and external. To do this properly, one needs to be honest and realistic about his or her capabilities, capacity, and skills. Use emotional intelligence. Be observant. Better yet, obtain feedback from your stakeholders. Consider the obvious. Are there warning signs? Are there indications? Like, are people indifferent to what you can offer? Respond with proper demeanor that fits the situation. My advice is be assertive, not aggressive. Again, honesty to oneself is key to a re realistic assessment. When deciding a career change, it is vital to know how other professionals compare to your own profile. Do your research. Do your research about the necessary skills and formal qualifications that the industry demands and requires. The bottom line is, you must manage your personal professional risks and plan carefully your strategies and pathways to reduce the likelihood of failure. Be someone who embodies and can demonstrate the values critical to the profession. For example, for me, at one point, I had to be objective instead of subjective. I must be reliable with a sense of accountability and responsible, responsibility for opinions, recommendations, or even decisions. I had to be resilient to adversities, contingencies, and the unforeseen. My views had to be honest and independent, especially if I wasn't sure about the information. Do not pretend to know the answer if you don't. People respect honesty. You do not want to be compromised. I am a firm believer that when a professional develops, practices, and exudes those values, the practice of the profession would come as a second nature instinctively. But I know for a fact that I succeeded in moving around different professions because of my faith. I am a Christian and I believe in the power of prayer. I know that I was able to navigate through the many challenges as I put my trust to the Holy Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to whom I offer all glory and honor I received. Thank you, Kwame. No, that's excellent. And I, I love what you had to say about managing that personal and that professional side of things. 
Um, and of course, it's an ongoing piece of work and always keeping yourself updated and learning what the modern practices are. But of course, I'm sure you've faced some challenges along the way, even with, you know, the hardest amount of effort that you've put mm. in. So generally, could you speak to some of the biggest challenges that you've faced and maybe some of the most rewarding moments that you've had? All right, I'll start with the biggest challenge first. Uh, when I arrived in Australia in 2002, I was appointed in a leadership role in internal audit. I experienced being denigrated by a few rude colleagues due to my gender and cultural background. I was exposed to ab abusive behaviors. To draw a picture, I was shouted at over the phone and so on and so forth. But despite this, I chose not to file a formal complaint. I chose not to retaliate. I was in a new organization, in a new industry. Of course, it was not an excuse, but I had to be resilient. I came up with ways allowing for better rapport. The moral of the story is that unconventional measures to address a difficult HR problem in the workplace can actually work. Of course, the CEO might have facilitated a process which I was not privy to. But at the end, I stayed in the company for 10 years. And those colleagues or troublemakers, they became my internal work partners until I left for a career change. Now, let's talk about a rewarding moment. Of the many rewarding moments, my favorite is to be recognized as GRCI's Risk Management Professional of the Year awarding. For me, it is a recognition of exemplary achievement in the professional practice of risk management. The GRC Institute is a reputable institution. It has a significant number of GRC practitioners across Australia. And to be singled out, to be awarded in such a way is a prestige and icing on the cake. I consider it at the tip of the iceberg. And the iceberg is actually evaluated. It is revealed through the vetting process where the company accounts for the performance of a professional. In this case, myself. It is very nice to be acknowledged by the board and the executive leadership on the value add of my contributions to the organization. As I look back at the landscape of my previous work, I recognize that there is no shortage of gratitude for a job well done at all levels here in Mount St. Michael's College. This culture inspires me to excel in my roles. Thank you, Kwame. That's excellent. And, you know, it, I keep hearing those recurring themes of resilience and emotional intelligence coming back mm -hmm. in there and the empathy um, where some yeah. people might have found it difficult to empathize with people who are making their lives difficult in the way that you'd experienced. Yeah. Um, but do you have any other words of wisdom for GRC professionals who might be listening to this podcast um, who might be you know, struggling with some of the same things that you faced in the past? All right. Sure. Sure, Kwame. So... Firstly, take every opportunity to learn. A good education will open more doors to opportunities. Invest in continuing professional education to sustain your professional career. Employment prospects and our career advancement in GRC is more sustainable 
for professionals with an extensive education and, of course, practical experience. To be more competitive, you will need verifiable credentials. Perform a self-study and research. There are now many resources available. However, when researching through the web, be cautious. Some materials can be misleading, baseless, and sometimes even harmful. So be careful and be sensible. Gain practical skills, and if you learn something new, be creative and bold to innovate. Tailor new concepts and contemporaneous practices carefully. GRC will evolve rapidly as complexities and sophistication happen at the work landscape. With digital system, with increased legislation, as regulations become more complex and uh, sophisticated. Leverage on the experience of other professionals to gain knowledge or insights and do not be afraid to test them. Participate in roundtable discussions. I know that GRC uh, has several discussion groups for different industries. Just check them out. And finally, use your time wisely. Once time has passed, there is no way of taking it back. Uh, thank you, Kwame. And thank no, thank you, Gina, um, for making time to to have a chat and sharing these a bit of advice and words of wisdom for listeners. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast. And happy to have you on again soon, discussing mm-hmm. something else. Well, thank you so much, Kwame, for having me. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary.